off to John oh. Taylor. Huge hole! He's at the 30! He's gonna go! 10, 5, touchdown! Jonathan Taylor! Made a man miss the line of scrimmage and then runs it into Painter and a one-handed INT! Are you kidding me? Kenny Moore! What a play by Naheem Hines! What is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to the Bring the Juice Colts podcast. Almost again, our boy, Lawrence Owen. Lawrence, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. Been busy, busy, busy all this past week, I, just as I know you have been, especially with all the, the news that's been going around. Um, how have you been? I've been good, man. Um, like we talked a little bit off air, it's nice to finally be in the new studio Actually, not have to worry about uh, my internet anymore and being able to come on here more and, and provide more quality content now uh, and better content now that now my my internet obviously isn't lagging out every five seconds. So I'm doing well, man, and excited because there's only a few weeks until NFL free agency hits, right? There's a lot of potential options for the Indianapolis Colts. We've talked about a lot of them. There's a lot more that I'm sure we're going to get into. But today, Lawrence, we are going to talk about a guy that you have been talking about, Mr. Yannick. In Gakwe. So, Lawrence, I'll let you take over um, a little bit of, b- before we do, a little bit about Yannick Ngakwe. Six foot two, 246 pounds, 25 years old, to be 26 here at the end of March. So, Lawrence, take it away, man. I know you've been looking at Yannick Ngakwe a lot. And I think my first impressions is, oh my goodness, I can't believe he's only 25. Yeah. Um, you, you would forget that a little bit. I'm sorry. I'm flipping through my notes for my hey. film room. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, we forget that he was drafted not that long ago by the Jacksonville Jaguars and he wanted out. And so he ends up getting traded, goes to two different, literally he was on three teams in one year last year, you know, yeah. uh, granted one of those teams, he didn't play a snap for during regular season, but still, uh, a lot of news has been out about him over the last, uh, what year year and a half ever since he said i want out of jacksonville when when everybody was leaving jacksonville at the time especially on defense and um we just forget because of so much stuff when we talk about him so much we we think he's like 28 29 as much as we yeah. talk about him right no that i honestly thought he was like i mm-hmm. literally went on today like a, an hour hour or two ago and i was just like okay is he like getting close to 30 he's like He's 25. I was like, what in the world? No way. Uh, It seems like he's been in the league forever, right? He seems like, and maybe that's just how much he's tortured the Colts over the last couple of years. Just seems like he's been in the league for a lot longer than that. But, uh, but yeah, man, I mean, looking at Yannick Ngakwe's stats, I'm going to pull him up here real fast. It's kind of wild, man. So every single season that he's been in the NFL, he's recorded eight sacks or more, which is absolutely insane. Um, considering, like you mentioned, he was basically on three different teams last year and was still very productive, right? Um, so talk to me about the type of pass rusher that Yannick Ngakwe is. I mean, I think the numbers speak for themselves, but beyond the numbers, what did you notice about his game studying him? All right, so there's – he's unique. He's not like other pass rushers in the NFL, especially premier pass rushers. He's, he's more – I would put him more on the lines of the way he pass rushes kind of in, in the lines of JJ Watt. Now he's not on the same level as that JJ Watt was, mm-hmm. but you know, when, when you think of other guys like miles Garrett, who has a, a, a incredibly stupid bend to him when he goes around the outside, Yannick doesn't have that. 
All right. That's one thing he lacks is a bend, but he has other pass rushing moves that is really, really good. And one of them that I don't see very often from other, from other pass rushers, he's got a lot of speed and at times he can turn that speed in the power, which is what you want to see from your, your premier pass rushers in the NFL. But he's got something that I am not used to. See. He's got a stiff arm. That's <laughs> a stiff arm. It's what he does. Wow. Um, and 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 it's used twofold, which is really really interesting. Um, he'll take that outside edge and he'll put that hand out and stiff arm that tackle. And mm-hmm. what that does is it keeps the tackle from moving uh, outside of where the quarterback steps. Mm-hmm. So then when he gets to where he needs to be and he gets close to the quarterback, he keeps his eye. He's always standing straight up. His eyes are always on the football, which is a huge benefit because now when he gets closer to the quarterback, he's able to see, is the quarterback going to step back or step up into the pocket? And wherever that quarterback is stepping, when he gets near him, he's able to then either he's able to bring his arm in, and then roll either left or right, depending upon which way the quarterback goes, and get to the quarterback that way. Um, so a quarterback stepping up into the pocket on a on a traditional pass rush on the outside, it doesn't work on him because of the way he's able to collapse that stiff arm and then roll inside instead. It's beautiful. I mean, it's 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 yeah. gorgeous once you see it. Yeah, and you know you mentioned some of those positives. Well, also we have to mention if he goes with the Colts, it'll be his fourth team in what like two years. So, what you know, there obviously there are some drawbacks with signing to Yannick Ngakwe. We've talked about the perks being his age, his pass rush ability. What are some of the drawbacks you see from his game? You already mentioned he doesn't have that that bend like some of those guys. What are some other ones that you kind of notice with him? There is a bad one. All right, there's one that I think that Matt Eberflus will knock right out of him really quick. Once a once the ball carrier is past him, he gives up on the play. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, now man. we all know how Matt Eberflus is about loafs on 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 the on the yeah. on the field, and I don't think that that is something that's going to stick around with him. Now, traditionally, it's weird, okay? I've seen him go from one side of the field to the other when he believes he has a chance, all right, and and, and sprint like crazy. But I've also seen where uh, a running back will get past him, and just because the running back's faster, he lets off off the gas because he sees a couple of his defenders getting near him. That's something that has to be hammered out of him because a running back or, or a, another football player – could break tackles or make a move and get past him. And if Yannick is uh, already given up on the play, then he has no chance to make uh, help in on that tackle. So that is one really bad thing that I see. It's the biggest bad thing that I see. Hmm. Well, I know some people have said he's not good against the run. Would you say that's more of just like the player he is, or like you mentioned, just more of like a lack of effort at certain points um, and just giving up on plays? I'm not seeing the the bad against the run as much hmm. um i've heard that as well and as i went through the film um it's weird because i he is used traditionally as second and third and long uh pass rush specialist but because of the fact that he keeps his eyes up 
and watches the ball rather than, you know, doing a lot of spin moves, uh, losing track of the football or, or, you know, that dip that I'm talking about. Because when you dip, your eyes are no longer, you no longer have connection on where the football is. His eyes are always on the ball. And whenever the ball is handed off, I, 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 matter of fact, I've even got one of the plays right here where um, he came off uh, a block and made like a six-yard tackle for loss on a handoff because he was able to see it happen in front of him. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if he's necessarily bad against the run. I think it's traditionally that he's just not there on your traditional run plays. Hmm. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, I know that's been kind of a concern for people, and so that's good that you clarified he's not bad against the run. It's just you know some other things. Uh, but you know he is a little bit undersized, right? He's like six two, two forty six. Is that concerning to you at all? Not for the 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 Indianapolis Colts. Not their style of uh, pass rush. They're they're. We run that four three where we're okay with having uh, our defensive ends being around 250, 240 if need be. I mean, you go look at uh, a lot of us are high on Kimoko Ture's ability, you know, and he's right around 250, right? Um, so I don't have an issue with that, especially if we're going to use him as a pass rush specialist. If he's if he's going to be used on your second long, third and long type situations then it won't it won't come into any kind of effect of him being a lighter end defensive end, I don't think. Hmm. Okay. Uh, so I always ask some questions about these guys that are coming in, right? My, you know, the first one is, will they improve this roster? I think we can both say, yes, Yannick Ngakwe would improve this roster from a pass rushing standpoint. The question is, compared to some of the other guys the Colts could bring back, say Justin Houston, Danico Watry, those are a couple names there. How much more do you think he would improve the pass rush as compared to bringing those guys back? That's an interesting question. Now, um, I think he's a, a – consistency is a thing. You you brought it up earlier where, you know, three different teams in one single season. Uh, it's amazing that he got eight sacks um, when he had no consistency of knowing who was playing beside him. Hmm. Um, so that in itself, if we could keep him – it would sign him for a long-term deal. That way he has consistency sitting beside Grover Stewart or DeForest Buckner, no matter which side he plays on, because I've seen him play both left and right equally uh, side of the line. Um, one thing I do, like I said, I, he, he plays a lot of second and long, third and long situations, and you don't see him on rundowns a lot. I don't know if Iberflus will have uh, switched that up, but, Justin Houston is a guy who you've seen on all three downs, you know, and uh, I like having a defensive end that is there for all three downs, but he's going to bring on those pass rushing uh, downs. He's going to bring a lot of speed and impact to the the quarterback. He's going to affect that pass whether or not he gets there he's going to get pressure he's going to make the quarterback feel him while he's in the pocket whether he gets to him or not and that makes a lot of impact on the passing plays so yeah I I think he'll make a big impact even if he's just used as a pass rusher Mm. you know you mentioned like guys that do that that make you know make the play they don't necessarily like get the sack but you know, quarterbacks know they're there. And that's kind of what we saw with the Forrest Buckner last year. You know, the sacks weren't necessarily like 
like they were still really good, but like for the amount of pressures he got, you're like, man, I feel like he should have gotten more sacks for how much he was destroying offensive guards pretty much the whole year. Mm -hmm. Um, But the same could be true, I think, to obviously a lesser degree because DeForest Buckner's probably right behind Aaron Donald, the best defensive tackle in the league for the three-tech. But, yeah, you're right. Just getting the guy like that that consistently can do that. And you mentioned consistency is a little bit of an issue, but the guy still had eight sacks. And that's, that's more than any of the, I think, pretty much or close to what Justin Houston had last year playing the entire year. And, you know, if Yannick Ngakwe is more, he's younger, and if he has more, you think, like, upside right now at this point in his career, I think that could potentially be an option there. Um, And kind of talking about, you know, moving on now to the second point here. So, you know, obviously there's been some issues with Jacksonville, some ego issues. I don't know if Yannick Ngakwe has really been a part of that, but he's been in that kind of locker room, that kind of of culture, right? Um, So my question is, if he went, if he came to the Indianapolis Colts, does he fit what the Colts are looking for from a culture standpoint? Now, from what I'm understanding from reports while he was with, with Minnesota and in Baltimore, uh, he had no personality issues in the locker room at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm guessing he wanted out because of how Jacksonville, that front office, was dealing with the players already there. You know, I mean, you, you see their cornerbacks, their running backs, linebackers, all – you know, just being pushed out. And um, they're all wanted out for a reason, which makes me believe it wasn't necessarily when, – when you have a mass exodus like that, it makes me believe it's not really a player thing. I think it's more of a front office, uh, how they are how they were dealing with it. It's, it was probably a Jacksonville thing rather than a player thing. So I, 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 it doesn't make me worry at all about uh, Yannick's personality. Okay, good, good. That's good to hear because uh, I think that's kind of like maybe a little bit giving some Colts fans some pause. It's like, was it him? Was it other things? Uh, But that's good to know for him as well. And, man, let's be real. How many times does a a pass rusher that's in his prime hit the open market? It rarely happens, I feel like, now. The same with, like, offensive tackle. This year's really weird in that fact that, like, there's some potential quality offensive tackles. There's potentially some quality uh, pass rushers. Um, how rare is it in your mind that that a guy like Yannick Ngakwe could potentially be hitting the open market come here in a few weeks? Well, it's it's really, really rare, and it's something that I think that the Indianapolis Colts and Chris Ballard need to jump on because you talked about how many people are out there, good pass rushers, good uh, offensive linemen, not just tackles, but there's good offensive linemen out there that's, mm-hmm. that's coming out. Brandon Sheriff and, and – uh, uh, Thune at guard, right? I mean, that that's those are good prospects just for guard. I know the Colts don't necessarily need one right now, but I'm just saying, um, yeah, uh, no, uh, like you just saw JJ Watt go two years, uh, 31 million dollars. Yeah. Holy crap, right? And mm. there's there's multiple guys, Matt Judon's probably going to be hitting the market, there's a bunch of people out there that are going to be hitting the open market, which means that's going to lower. There's going to be um, less. Now, obviously pass rushers are on high demand, but when you have a, a high quantity of a specific group going out there, that's going to lower prices down somewhat. So this is a good time to jump on that, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah, so you feel like potentially the Colts need to address pass rusher and free agency versus the draft. You feel you're kind of on that page with us too there. 
uh, feeling like that's probably the route to go because there's other guys <laughs> we didn't even mention that I'm sure you know Bud Dupree is a big name that Colts fans have been kind of throwing around potentially Shaquille Barrett if they decide you know the Bucks are like we're gonna go with Chris Godwin and they're gonna they can't afford him there's a lot of really good pass rushers and I guess that leads me into my next question for you you mentioned kind of the price potentially dropping how much do you think it would take to get a Yannick Ngakwe to Indianapolis right now I think Yannick because there's some question marks about him out there and the fact that, you know, he, he, he ran on, he was like, we said three different teams last year. There's Mm -hmm. question marks on whether or not he'll stick around. I don't have those question marks. I think once he lands on a good solid team with a good culture, I think he'll be, he'll fit right in and blend perfectly. Um, I honestly believe that he could be gotten by a good team or anywhere between 12 and 13 mil a year, which is incredibly cheap for a really, really good pass rusher these days, considering, Mm -hmm. you know, you have aging guys out there uh, like Ryan Kerrigan that's probably going to be asking for about the same amount. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, that that was kind of like the thing I've been like kind of trying to preach to like some of our people is like, look, look, there's so many younger guys out there that are probably going to want just about as much, maybe a little bit more, but like around the same amount. Why don't mm-hmm. you go after those guys, right? And I agree with you. Like, why wouldn't you go after a guy like Yannick Ngakwe who has proven that he can get to the quarterback and disrupt the, you know, disrupt the pocket and all that stuff, as opposed to paying JJ Watt thirty-one million over two years or Ryan Kerrigan, you know, all these guys. I mean, I like those guys, but like, if you're going to dish out that kind of money, I would go personally go younger there. And not have to look in a couple of years, kind of like with Justin Houston, and be like, well, we're back to square one with pass rusher. We got to address it again. The one benefit of going, you know, with an older guy for a short deal is if he doesn't work out, he's only on a short deal. True. When you go with a younger guy, you're generally signing him four or five year contracts. And if he doesn't work out within that first year or two, then you're stuck with him, or you're going to end up eating a lot of dead cap when you release him or trade him. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point too. Uh, but it's like at what at what point mm. do you just keep putting band-aids on it at the same time? It's there's you know both ways. I can see both sides of it, honestly. Um, but you know, it's just the amount of quality young pass rushers, it's almost like the Colts would be foolish not to at least heavily pursue one of these guys, right? I mean, we know we would say honestly, uh, I would say edge rusher is probably the biggest need on defense right now. I don't know if you're right there. I know corner's a big need too. Um, do you think defensive end edge rusher is the biggest need on defense for the Colts? Uh, without a doubt. I think it, um, uh, I think that Matt Eberflus's cover two defense relies on good pass rush. I mean, it's that zone defense. You need to get effect the quarterback before the wide receivers get into the open spots. It's not like we play a crap ton of man where, you know, you could cover those receivers down and maybe get covered sacks. Most generally, you're in a zone defense, and it's the pass rushers that have to get to the quarterback to affect that play rather than the cornerbacks. Mm-hmm. The cornerbacks will make plays off of that because the pass rushers get in, make a quarterback throw a football before he wants to or make a bad decision or something of that nature, and that helps the cornerbacks out. But I think the pass mm-hmm. rushers uh really what drives this defense. It's funny. I feel like Ballard every year, he notices the weaknesses. He knows what they are. And he goes out and makes a splash move and gets a guy that's more proven. And so Yannick Ngakwe, I think, in terms of pass rushing, is more of a proven guy, right? I mean, he has better up near that 10 sack 
pretty much his entire career. It's crazy. He's still that young, but he's still been super productive. And you talked about how you could get him a little bit cheaper as opposed to some of those, you know, day one guys that are going to command all that kind of money. So if you do get him for a cheaper price, what does that allow you to do with the rest of your roster with some of the extensions coming up, potentially addressing other positions in free agency? In your mind, signing a guy like Yannick Ngakwe for a little, you know, a good amount cheaper than some of these guys, say Shaquille Barrett, Bud Dupree, some of those guys that are going to get big money. What do you think that allows the Colts from a roster building standpoint to do if you pay a guy a lot less than some of those other guys? Well, I think it's a, it's twofold. First off, I think you're getting a high-end player for less money, but you are paying a little bit more than what you would like we have previously with Autry and Houston. Now, that little bit more is fine because you're going to get that that huge uh, improvement on the pass rush, especially considering he's he's yet to play beside a guy with the caliber of DeForest Buckner, which is going to only improve Yannick's play as well. But yes, paying a guy twelve or thirteen million over fifteen, sixteen million or 17, or 20, you know, because there's pass rushers out there making 20, $21 million right now. Mm -hmm. Um, That's going to free up a little bit of money. Maybe, maybe we'll be able, that could be the difference between being able to re-sign Xavier Rhodes or someone of that nature, you know, Mm. get just that little bit of extra uh, to be able to go out there and get the guy you need at another position, or to be able to, uh, finally lock down an extension for a player that's already on your team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we had you or you had us, I guess, on your podcast a few weeks ago, kind of talking about all these like contracts that Colts are going to have to, you know, manage here. So if you sign a guy like Ngakwe, as opposed to one of those bigger guys, how much does that allow you now? We talked about maybe giving Quentin Nelson that fifth year option, extending Smith, extending, um, you know, some of those other guys, so Nelson, or I'm sorry, extending Darius Leonard and some of those other guys. Um, would, would that make the most sense in your mind if the Colts paid a guy that has the potential to be one of the top pass rushers in the league? Um, would that, in your mind, allow them now to sign some of these guys to extensions this season and then you know, obviously Quentin Nelson the next season? Would that allow you to do that? Well, okay, so let's say uh, you, you sign Yannick right now over uh, someone else that's going to be $16 million a year. You know, mm-hmm. say you go 12 and 16 that frees up $4 million. You know, you could use that $4 million to drop on a bonus on an extension on a contract, which then, you know, for this year, which will free up money later on mm-hmm. for, like you say, a fifth, you know, after we hit the fifth-year option with Quentin Nelson – we'll have an extra $4 million to drop on Nelson that next following year. Um, so, yeah, I, getting Yannick also, if it in, that's going to increase uh, the appeal of the Indianapolis Colts to other free agents in the NFL because, you know, you're just getting – you're just building that team – and you're looking more and more like a Super Bowl contender. And teams, as you've seen with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year, team players, free agents want to swarm. They'll take discounts if they feel like, you know, you're a Super Bowl contender. So mm-hmm. absolutely, you know, getting Yannick would, would definitely help long term. 
Excellent. And you just think about that defensive line, man. Oh, my word. With with those three guys, Buckner and, and Grover Stewart and then Yannick Ngakwe, and then if Kamoko Ture can continue to get back to form, you never know. We don't know about Ben Banigou. You know, what if you bring back, like, say, Danico Autry for a very reasonable price? I mean, that's a pretty darn good defensive line, man. And you solved – your pass rush need at defensive end, at least for one one of the defensive end positions, I think. And then you give it, you leave it up to all those other options potentially to, to lock down the other, other defensive end position. Or if you bring back a Justin Houston, I mean, that is a really darn good defensive line. Oh, don't forget, Taekwon Lewis showed uh, spurts last season as well. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's going to help so much, man, with, with every facet of that defense. I mean, we know that three technique drives it. But if you can get another dominant pass rusher, I mean, good luck. This defense was top 10. I think it could easily be top five if you do, if he does pan out, right? Oh, well, yeah. Well, think about, okay, Grover Stewart and and uh, DeForest Buckner, dominant mm-hmm. inside, right? Yep. Able to kind of crush that middle. What we've been lacking is that guy, that speed and rush outside guy to get around the outside. Now, if a quarterback can't step up nor can't step back, you got him. Yeah. Period. You know, so uh, if everything's working at full cylinders, you know, for this defensive line and, and you got the guys that you need, then you have a pretty good shot at shutting down some of the more high powered offenses in the NFL, especially, you know, in the passing game. And you look like when if you get to the playoffs, you're going to be facing some very, very talented young quarterbacks. The way you beat them is you get pressure on them. That's how the Colts beat Patrick Mahomes a couple of years ago, right? They mm-hmm. got pressure on them. That's how you take those those high-powered offenses and you slow them down. And that's what the Colts are going to have to do, in my opinion, if they want to stay with some of these top guys because those guys are superstars, right? They are. I mean, and so, like, if you're going to be in those games, you've got to figure out a way. You obviously can't neutralize those guys because they are, you know, insane and they're getting they're going to be like the highest-paid players here in a few years. But if you can slow them down enough to give your your offense a chance, I mean, we know how good the running game is. We don't know about Carson Wentz. We think he might, you know, that might merge well. But from a defensive standpoint, that I think was the Achilles heel of this defense last year, right? And you just thought, man, if we could just get a dominant edge guy, this defense would be so much better. And it would help out guys like Rocky Asen, who struggled somewhat. Xavier Rhodes, you mentioned. You're getting Marvell Tell back. Kenny Moore, like... Your defensive back group is actually not that bad, and I feel like if you can continue to add to that defensive line, uh, I feel really good about it, man. I do. Oh, I do too. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anything else here I got from Yannick Ngakwe. Do you have any more thoughts on him and just about him as a player with the fit? Anything that you noticed in your film room that we haven't talked about yet that you kind of want to tell our listeners and stuff like that? By the way, guys, go subscribe to Lawrence over at Colts Law. He's nearing 1,000 subscribers. We want to get him there. would love to get him here on this stream. That would be awesome. But, uh, yeah, be sure to go check that out. Be sure to go subscribe to him. But, uh, yeah, any other thoughts there, Lawrence? Yeah, he's got, uh, like I said, I mean, he doesn't have the bend. He's got a ton of speed, but he doesn't have the bend. But he has so many other pass rush moves. Um, His SWAT swim move that uh, everybody remembers Robert Mathis talking about and, and, and preaching on, he has got that down to a science. He doesn't use it a lot. So, you know, blockers aren't prepared for it all the time. He'll use it maybe three or four times a game. And when it happens, he's able to uh, plant his foot, change directions fast, and then swat and swim. And it's an inside move that is absolutely devastating. And he could uh, save that. 
until a point in a game where it is absolutely needed to get pressure on a quarterback. Uh, another thing that he has, I already talked, I'm sorry, I already talked about the stiff arm. Um, yep. His change of direction is another thing. You don't see a guy his size, like height-wise, you know, you know, you're looking at a two, 240, 250-pound guy who's like 6'2", 6'3", something like that, who yep. can plant and change directions on a dime, and this guy can do it. And it is very impressive and, and really fun to watch. And I think that's going to be one of the highlights in my video uh, that will probably be out tomorrow. Yeah, and I mean, it just seems like he's such a Ballard guy because he's so he's a freakish athlete, it feels like. like He's just so fast for a defensive end. And Ballard obviously looks for those things. Like he doesn't necessarily have the typical, you know, length that you're looking for, but like he has that blue chip talent that I feel like Ballard would be like, look, if we get this guy, I mean, it's going to change the dynamic of this defense. We saw the DeForest Buckner effect. Now the DeForest Buckner effect and the Yannick Ngakwe effect, man, that's just going to just, just elevate our defense even more. I mean, this defense has continued to get better every season. Ballard has continued to address those positions of need, and it feels like he's doing it again here, potentially. Um, and if he he would do this, man, I think a lot of Colts fans would be very happy this next season to have a consistent, dominant pass rusher there on the edge. But uh, unless you have anything else, Lawrence, I think we can wrap this one up. Just about half an hour, so not too long here. I know there's not a whole lot. Uh, we can talk about more about Yannick Ngakwe. There's a lot of good nuggets of information here that obviously our listeners – can go check out and, and can go back and digest and all that good stuff, man. But uh, before I let you go, man, why don't you tell tell everybody where they can find you, social media, YouTube, all the other social, all the other listening platforms, all that stuff. Go ahead, man. All right. So I have my podcast that is live on YouTube every Friday, 5 p.m. That's my my official podcast that I drop on audio. Uh, you can find my YouTube at Lawrence Owen right here. And um, the podcast then is uploaded to uh, every audio podcast platform that you can listen to uh, on Saturday morning. And then, of course, you could find me on uh, Twitter at Colts underscore law. Absolutely. If you guys haven't already, be sure to hit that like button. Be sure to go over to Lawrence's channel. I just look, you're at 40 subscribers away from a thousand. Mm -hmm. So everybody be sure to go over there, give him a follow, give him a subscribe, all that good stuff. I know he, he, you know, you used to do the film breakdowns for us last year, man. And those were absolutely phenomenal. So can't recommend everybody go out and check his stuff out. Uh, definitely recommend there, but uh, alrighty, that'll do it for this one. Thank you, Lawrence, for coming on, man, breaking down Yannick Ngakwe, potentially to Indianapolis free agency is coming, man. I believe it's March 17th is the official day mm -hmm. that free agency is coming. You know, we'll be here. We know Lawrence will be there providing all the content. We'll have to have you on to break down some of the signings that the Colts are going to have here in a couple weeks. But uh, until then, man, until then, guys, thanks for listening. Take care. And as always, go Colts.